I'm not even joking. This bro. is Y'all the house call. Welcome to the House Call right. Podcast. We're back. We're back. Another episode. New group. We're here. We're here. Big week. Big week. We're getting closer and closer to week one. Training camps is in full string, but let's get into a little bit of noted topics here. First things first, we've had a little bit of injuries, unfortunately. We've had Dolphins tight end Adam Shaheen officially on IR out for the season. We touched on it a in the previous video, Joe Jawan Williams out for the season, unfortunately. Malcolm Butler out for the season as well. But a key former Patriots cornerback, former NFL quarterback, Aqib Talib has found himself in a little bit of controversy. So during a youth football game in Texas, he and his brother had gotten into an altercation with the opposing coach, which resulted in his brother shooting the opposing coach who later died at the hospital. A murder warrant was put out. And since then, the brother has turned himself in. Unfortunate tragedy all around. Akib did put out a statement and said he was present and he's sending his condolences to everyone involved and he is very distraught. With that being said, let's keep it going here. Let's keep it going. So Soldier Field has been in the news quite a bit. Soldier Field is completely terrible. I mean, J.C. Treader, the NFLPA president, he put out a statement that said it's unacceptable. What is an acceptable playing field needs to be reevaluated. But Elliot, what are your thoughts on the condition of Soldier Field and what's going on there? Actually, I'm going to pass this one to Joe. Okay, Joe. Yeah, so as you said, the conditions at Soldier Field are god-awful, and it's been something that's been noted quite consistently. Soldier Field is the oldest stadium in the NFL, and it was actually the Bears relocated there when there was minimum capacity requirements for the NFL. Previously, they played at Wrigley Field, which is one of the oldest baseball stadiums in the MLB. So it has come to light that in June, uh, the Chicago Bears put in a bid for Arlington International Racecourse. It's a 326-acre a plot of land that the Bears actually have had their uh, have entered into a purchase agreement for. At the time, the uh, the mayor mayor's office of Chicago called it a negotiating tactic and actually took a shot at the Bears organization by saying maybe they should focus on being relevant past November and trying to beat the Packers at least once a year instead of losing to them twice. Now. It's pretty a uh, pretty big deal because the Bears uh, are looking to relocate to that location, which is 45 minutes northwest of Soldier Field. So it's still relatively close to the heart of Chicago, uh, even though the mayor wants to make it sound like they're leaving Chicago. They're still going to be right there if they end up going through with this purchase. The good news is, is that it, from a financial standpoint, the Bears then will be able to keep all of the revenue from that location. Right now, they share it with other uh, organizations and um events that happen to take place at soldier field all the revenue is split proportionally based on the fact that they do not own that stadium uh the good news is is that the bears could move there as early as 2026 the bad news is is that they would have to pay 86 million dollars in fees for violating their contract with the city of chicago to remain at soldier field until 2033 but the uh, overall revenue stream that they would get from that area is crazy big i mean 326 <laughs> acres is almost the size of uh one patriot place i think one patriot place comes in at about 350 acres and seats about 5,000 more people that's what the bears are looking they're looking to get about 5,000 more uh seats per game 
uh, means more tickets, re restaurants, shops, whole center thing going on. Plus, they would have a training facility right there. The problem is that Soldier Field, if you've ever been to Chicago and been by Soldier Field, it's tightly packed. There's no room to expand there. The city has proposed turning into a dome, uh, hosting more events to increase the revenue stream there, uh, and a few other options. But the Bears have completely <coughs> rejected every one of those options and it looks like they're going to be moving into arlington heights uh probably no later than 2026 very true very good very good and i mean for me i find it crazy like as someone who grew up in the chicago area like listening to the fans take about this it's a lot of like how can you leave soldier field behind the history that's there all the memories and all that it's not it's really grounded in like leaving that that memories behind that's all it is which is crazy to me but rob what are your thoughts about the situation just take up a piece of the field take a couple seats out of it and move along i mean come on if it's that bad just move along that's all i really have to say it, joe you really killed that yeah great job joe yeah like the only other thing i could say about the situation that they're doing there is that when they moved into Soldier Field, it was one of the top stadiums in the league. And since then, they've done nothing but fall behind everywhere else. You look at Las Vegas, you look at uh, what L.A. just got. Those stadiums are fantastic. Uh, Foxborough is and Gillette is consistently going under renovations to keep it one of the top venues for an NFL team in the league. The Bears haven't done anything like that in probably 40-plus years. <laughs> I mean, so, yeah. Joe, behind the eight ball. Let me ask you this. In order, like, you have the great stadiums like you just named off, but Jacksonville a few years back, they went through some renovations themselves. They put in some crazy things, pools and a lot of more fan-centric stuff. With what we're talking about with stadiums and all within themselves, do you think, like, what Jacksonville has done is really necessary in this day and age? Well, more I mean, money, I more resources, right? Absolutely. I, you look at some of the other sports venues that have done the same thing. I mean, you got pools and hot tubs in the outfield at certain stadiums in the MLB. Like you said you got pools and, 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 and clubs and stuff going on. And like if you go to Miami Heat Stadium down there in Miami, they have a club that's courtside. That if you buy tickets to like the inner bowl, you can leave your seat and go to the dance club. That's right, right off the stadium and literally right by the player tunnel. So as the Miami Heat come in and out for, you know, quarters and, and halves and stuff like that you're right there and then when that's done you're like well i'm gonna go back and get trashed at the bar <laughs> you know so <laughs> there's there's things like that that are really coming up and it's it's all about the fan experience i mean i think it was the new jersey devils have a rage room right they have right. a rage room where you go in and just break stuff when you're pissed off at the team <laughs> like mm -hmm. that's what where I we're find, at now what i find this crazy specifically is the hawks you know right down the road from where i am their stadium they've got a barber shop so i mean to put a barbershop in a basketball uh, arena, man, you, I've seen it all. But moving forward here, so a bit of positive news for Cincinnati. For the Bengals, after an appendectomy held Joe Burrow out since the 27th, he's back. Based off Zach Taylor's comments, he's not, he looks good, he's making some throws, but really with what's been said around that area, it's kind of, they're moving him along based off how he's feeling. You know, with an appendectomy, you can't just really throw him out there and let him go full speed. There's a lot with that. But Rob, what are your thoughts with Joe Burrow being back? 
I thought it was pretty funny watching him at practice on a fucking go. Uh, was it like a go kart thing? Just going back and forth doing drills and stuff like that. That, that was that's hilarious. <laughs> he doesn't need to be doing that, but that just goes to show you what kind of leader he is. Um, look, man, it, he's gonna be fine come week one. Uh, even if he miss, misses week one, they're probably still winning that division. I it's the 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 Ravens. They're they're good, yeah, but like who they have? They got Rashad Bateman. That's it. But what do you think, Elliot? Yeah, I mean. Well, we'll mention Zach Wilson here in a bit, but we're not talking about a rookie quarterback or a sophomore quarterback even. Joe Burrow has, you know, connections with his, his receivers. He's experienced. We're not talking about his season just off LSU anymore, right? So I'm not I'm not super worried about coming off an injury, especially an injury that really doesn't affect your body playing football long-term like an appendectomy. Um, so I don't think this is really going to have any impact. I agree with that, Dope. I mean, there was a, they, he actually came out and talked about it. And apparently like his appendix had actually ruptured is what caused him to have the appendectomy. It wasn't just like discomfort or need it. It actually had ruptured inside of him. So he, that's why he had it done. But I'm in a complete agreement with all of you. I mean, I think this is a very minimal thing. It happened at a better time than middle of the season when they're in the middle of a division race. Uh, there's no one really to compete there. Cleveland's a dumpster fire. Pittsburgh's might be starting Mitchell Trubisky, which is enough to make anyone cringe. And outside of Lamar Jackson's mobility, I don't really see a threat in the Ravens. Maybe their maybe defense Mark, maybe Mark An- Yeah, maybe Mark Andrews can make an impact during the game. But, like, you lock those two guys down, really. You're just – Lamar Jackson is going to have to become that guy that's like, okay, let me reassess my career and let me turn into Russell Wilson a little bit. I'm not saying that they're the same caliber of player, even though, I, yeah, I think Lamar Jackson at this point is better. But what I'm saying and what I'm trying to equate this to is Lamar Jackson needs to take a note out of Russell Wilson's book. If you're going to run, run out of bounds. Stop trying to run for impact. That's why Josh Allen and those guys, every time they get up, sometimes they're limping. It's it's not a good like you said, Father Time is uh, undefeated. So, like, over time, you're going to get all these bumping bruises and it starts to add up. But as far as Joe Burrow being back, uh, him having a ruptured append, thank God that's something that could kill you. But uh, I'm happy he's good. I'm happy he's good. So, yep. Moving forward here. So, breaking news as of today, Derwin James and the Chargers have agreed to a four year, 76.4 million dollar contract as the top paid safety ever you know his 19.1 million average is the highest forever for a safety the deal also includes 42 million in guarantees well deserved i think we can all agree on that but elliot what are your thoughts with derwin james new deal yeah i mean the guy definitely deserves it um i do think it's funny how many like biggest deals ever we see coming out which obviously like inflation contributes to that um, but also the salary cap increasing um, and just teams getting richer, honestly, as the sport grows. Um, but I, I do think that this is something that the Chargers are really moving towards. Like they, they really want to have a good defense, right? They're not, there, there are some teams that I, I think are very offensive centric, right? Like they're, they're putting all their money into big name receivers, which like, it, honestly, in my mind, that seems like more to please the fans than anything, right? Because I bet you a lot of Chargers fans who are maybe more casual probably couldn't name this safety. Um, he's definitely an important part of the team, and I'm glad he's getting paid. Most definitely. Rob, your thoughts with Derwin James getting his money? Uh, I'm all for everybody getting paid, but I'm, I might be in the, the different portion of, uh, in opposing you guys. That much money for somebody that hasn't really been healthy as much lately, 
Uh, I, I don't know about that. I think that he's one of the best safeties in the league. Don't get me wrong, but for 19 million per year, no, no, that's a little too much. If he goes down, then again, uh, then you got a, a big problem. But what do you think, Joe? I mean, you guys pretty much hit it on the head. It, it's going to be one side or the other for me. I'm kind of in the middle. I mean, I'm going to wait and see how it plays out. That's a lot of money for a guy, like you said, who hasn't stayed on the field a lot. The problem you're going to run into is, is that if, you know, is he going to see the, the full contract? I think it's probably going to go through some restructures if injuries hit, hit come up. Um, that's a lot of money for a safety. That's, I mean, it is a passing league, and you do rely on your safeties to be there for you, but that's a lot of money for a safety. He's not a number one corner. You know, we're not talking about, a, you know, a Darrell Revis in his prime or some of these other guys that are out there. He's a safety. With that being said, let's talk about the state of the Jets. It's come out quarterback Zach Wilson's arthroscopic knee surgery that took place yesterday was deemed a success. No surprises from the original diagnosis. So... Barring anything crazy, it looks like Joe Flacco is going to get the start week one against the Ravens. So overall, in a perspective, Rob, what are your thoughts about the state of the Jets going into this regular season? Didn't he throw like four touchdowns in practice the other day? It's just, it's nuts. I, I look at the Jets, I see the talent, I'm like, they're great, yeah. But like, it seems like all the dominoes that you don't want to fall are starting to fall, like losing... Makai backed in, and now you have Dwayne Brown, who's what, 37 years old, right, Joe? Uh, yeah, he turns 37 on August 30th, so he, he's he's not there quite yet, but he's rapidly approaching. <laughs> and and he was one of he wasn't really he's really on the downward trend. So it's like there there is their offense looks great, but it's just eh, like what what's gonna happen? He miss he's gonna miss at least four weeks. That's chemistry, and you got rookies that are coming. But what do you think, Elliot? Yeah. I- so we were talking about Joe Burrow earlier missing preseason reps. I'm a lot less concerned about that than Zach Wilson, right? Because, I mean, like he 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 just didn't have that great of a season last year, right? Like it's one thing when you're the Super Bowl runner-up and you have this great relationship with all these guys and you know where to put the ball, but he himself is still developing chemistry with just the game, you know, like not even just his receivers. So it's really really tough that he has to miss this, and especially him being so young. I mean, I wouldn't rule out like. Just, just being stepping away from the game that much, not being engaged in like film and stuff. I mean, it's just, it's tough to be 100% locked in when you can't be out there playing and critiquing yourself. Um, I honestly, I don't have a ton of faith in uh, head coach Robert Saleh or Saleh. I don't know how you say it, but Salah, I think it is. Salah, yeah, that makes yeah. sense. I don't have a lot of faith in him. I, Jets really, I mean, there was not much hope for the Jets last year. There, there wasn't really many moments where you're looking, and you're like, oh, maybe they'll be all right. Like, I mean, the Dolphins, even like a couple seasons ago when they were having a pretty rough season, you could still look at them and say, well, they're doing this, this, and this, and I like Brian Flores, and they'll be good. And then, obviously, a bunch of stuff happened after that. Brian Flores is no longer there. But, yeah, I, I would I would be hard-pressed to find a situation where they're not 0-6 in division play. 30th in yards, 29th in touchdowns, 15th in interceptions, 30th in QBR. Like, he's, he's, he's an uphill climb, but what do you think, Joe? I mean, is Mike White still on that roster? Yes. Yeah, he well, was I a mean, stud, then too. That's all they need, bro. They only need Mike White. Mike White was tearing it up last year. Man. One like, game. I, I mean, yeah. Um, then he fell off. Yeah, he well, a, I mean, it was the Mike White slump. show for a hot... Yeah, well, see, Mike, Mike White, White doesn't have MILFs to go on around, so he doesn't have to worry yeah, about was, that. Yeah, I was so. going to say, are we going to bring up the fact that Josh Allen has had one of the craziest <laughs> off-seasons we've ever heard of? Like, 
Zach Wilson. Like, Zach Wilson. No, Zach Wilson. <laughs> yeah. Zach Wilson. Sorry. Uh, he's had one of the craziest off seasons I've ever heard of. I mean, just all that. I'm not even going to go into it. You can check it out. It's all over the news. It's all over social media. That whole thing has been played out. But you but, know what? But you know what is crazier though? Let's got to work commercial. Sundays are a ritual in my house. One important part of that routine is drinking liquid IV. I love staying hydrated and liquid IV makes that so easy, especially when I have 12 hours of enjoying football ahead of me. There's so many delicious flavors. My personal favorite is passion fruit. One stick of liquid IV in 16 ounces of water hydrates faster than just water alone. Get 25% off and free shipping when you go to liquidiv.com and use code the underscore house underscore call underscore podcast at checkout. Experience better hydration today at liquidiv.com and remember to use the code the underscore house underscore call underscore podcast or click the link in the bio. With that being said, Liquid IV contains vitamin B3, B5, B6, B12, and vitamin C and three times the electrolytes as a traditional sports drink. So Liquid IV is definitely the right way to go for all your hydration needs. With that being said, Joe, you were talking about the uh, Jets. If you Yeah, I was talking about Zach Wilson's crazy offseason. <laughs> but I mean, I mean, the rumors coming out of Jets camp is that Joe Flacco has been performing like he, he somehow wound back the clock to, to go into the Super Bowl for the Ravens you know like that's what it's been coming out that he's been actually looking better than Zach Wilson even before his injury so I mean if that's the case and Zach Wilson is hurt who's to say they don't you know make sure he's a hundred percent healthy and see what Joe Flacco actually gives them entering the year and yeah. that's a possibility plus I mean they got some really good running backs in that room I, I think they got uh they got Brees Hall and uh, Michael Carter uh, from last year there. The offensive line is is supposedly a little bit improved. Obviously, like you said, the, the Betcon injury hurts them. But, you know, if Dwayne Brown can wind back that clock too, maybe they're pretty serviceable there. And Elijah Moore is going pretty high in fantasy circles as a, as a really good wide receiver option. So, I mean, there's some options there on offense. I don't think the defense is going to give them a lot. But the offense is there for them to, to possibly take a leap if the quarterback plays is – serviceable yeah what? robert Saleh actually came out and said that he believes they're they have three starting quarterbacks on the roster and zach wilson joe flacco mike white so that's pretty okay. cool that's very true let's i'm gonna be the negative guy here let's look at joe flacco specifically you have someone who's <laughs> on the wrong side of 30 who's quite frankly past his prime so if you roll let's say joe flacco balls out at 37 years old Realistically, how much more are you going to get? This may be it for all, honestly. Let's be honest with ourselves. This may be Joe Flacco's last season, or a, it may be two more seasons. Is it really worth it to, to uh, make Zach Wilson in a situation where he'll regress just to go with a hot hand at the time or continue to try and move and push Zach Wilson along, you know? You think about the long-term goal here. Like, yeah, Zach Wilson's played terribly recently, but yeah, there's still chance. I hope not. Well, there's still chance that you can right the ship if you're the Jets brass. Well, here, here's the problem. Zach Wilson really hasn't shown that he has the potential to be a great quarterback, right? And the Jets are in such a spot right now where they really can't be picky. 
So like a temporary solution might make the most sense. Like even if you only get a year out of Joe Flacco, it might be better to have a season where you're not three and 14, uh, you know, and, and try to get like, I don't know, just like more wins. I mean, I, they're just, they're in a terrible state right now. And like just putting all your chips in that Zach Wilson's the guy. I don't know. I, I just, I, I don't get that play right now. So with that being said, my question to you guys, Elliot, is um, if you to go with Joe Flacco, Joe Flacco is the hot hand at the time. Do you potentially trade Zach Wilson for some picks and start looking at? No, no. We don't want to take Zach Wilson. Absolutely if you're trading not. him away, nobody's taking him. Oh, I, I, don't, I think people would take him. I think I there think... are some definite QB situations out there. They will take Zach Wilson because they're looking at what they got Maybe. and going, well, this has not worked. <laughs> well, what, what, what QB situations? Uh, New York Giants. Definitely. Just send him, send him right across the street, man. Because honestly, his yeah. Zach Wilson's athletic ability, if he's healthy, right? Which is why I don't think they rush him back. I think they make sure he gets 100 healthy. Because we've seen what happens when you get these young guys who are trying to prove themselves, coming off an injury, <clears throat> who just aren't quite ready yet, and they rush him back, and they're never the same. I mean, RG3 was a perfect example, right? That nasty leg injury, and they rushed him back early, and he was never the same. Right. And, and his I, career. And I, and I think that Robert Sala is not the guy for him. I think you go under the tutelage of Brian Dable, who was a guy that was in Josh Allen's ear all the time. I don't look you. He, he if he just goes and tells him stop doing all those cross body throws and all the trying to play hero ball all the time. I look. I I'm the biggest negative guy on him, and I just think that maybe he needs somebody in his ear that's going to tell him like, let's calm down the mill fund and all the other shit you got going on in your life. Actually, like try to play ball. And yeah. stop doing all that like Patrick Mahomes stuff when you don't have the accolades and backing behind it. Or wide receiver talent. <laughs> exactly. Let me put, throw out a scenario here. Minnesota. Let's say Kirk Cousins has another underperforming season. Somewhere That's a perfect the- place. That is literally the – that is oh. a perfect place. Oh, yeah. You I mean, I was going to say Seattle, but – No, he nailed that. He nailed that. Seattle's a good one, too. I mean – I feel like Seattle, if we're going to be honest with ourselves, I feel like if it doesn't work out between Drew or Geno Smith, which is... Which it won't. Yeah. (laughs) It's going to be a... They're going to look towards the draft. I mean, looking at the names ahead of us, they're... You kind of focus... I think their eyes are really on the draft, but... Zach Wilson in uh, Minnesota. Pencil it in. It may happen. We're going to talk about the uh, expectations for the Patriots, but I want to welcome a special guest here. The bass guitarist who's worked with David Bowie on his last album, Black Star, The Black Crows, Elvis Costello, Sting, a multitude of other artists. He's he's called a musical linguist by the Bass Musician magazine with a proficiency in rock, jazz, fusion, electronica, amongst many other genres. (laughs) Mr. Tim Lefebvre. Tim. Hey, close enough. Hey, that was good, man. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. With that being said, so the Patriots had a bit of a change going into this season here. With that being said, guys, what are our expectations for this team? Tim, I'll let you take it away. What do you expect? I mean, the, what what is... I don't really know because, like, you know, it's only training camp and you don't know what's happening. But all I know is everybody except for the Jets got better. So, like, way better. Like, I mean, as far as I know, I mean, you know, Tyreek Hill might be a flop or might get hurt or, or whatever. But, but you know, that my thing is, like, you know, just in the division alone, I mean, we're looking at three teams that are that are definitely roster-wise better than us. So, I don't know. I mean, 
I, th I think we do what we did last year if we're lucky and then or worse. That's that's my guess. Most but I hope to I hope to be surprised. I mean, that would be great if we if I was. But I'm right there with you, Rob. And it's very interesting. Like a lot of people are doubting us going into this year. Like everybody, all the media critics and all that, saying, "Oh, you guys are gonna suck." You may f even Bar Scott lamented too, saying that we we're gonna probably be last in the division. Jets hater. That's just how he goes and operates. Uh, Mac Jones through the first two games in competitive camp going against the Panthers. He's 44, 64, 68.75% completion percentage. He's dicing them up. You could probably say that's just the Panthers, but look, everybody's saying he's not going to be good. So he shouldn't be good no matter who he goes against then. Right. Um, the Patriots led to actually had more passes of 20 plus yards than the chiefs last year. We were sixth ranked on offense. And that was with what Kendrick Bourne, Jacoby Myers, maybe Damian Harris and all those guys. And we didn't even have James White. Like, it, this is going to be interesting because there's a lot more speed on this defense, a lot more talent on offense. Not a lot, but a decent amount. At least there's speed to go to talk about. <laughs> um, I'm really excited what, about what happens from this point on. And, I mean, it's going to be special, and I'm happy that the target's no longer on the back. But what do you think, Joe? I mean, my biggest thing is everyone keeps talking about the unknowns. Oh, the quarterbacks, they're unknown. They're old. Uh, the linebackers and the edge players, they're unknown outside of Matthew Udon, you know? And then they look at the wide receiving core. Oh, it's a bunch of number twos. And it's everything that they're not, right? Well, let's look at what they are. Parker, since he's been there, has been winning nothing but 50-50 balls against our corners and every and all the Panthers' corners. He actually and said that he was 80-20. So he said yeah, 80-20. <laughs> and, you know, we really haven't seen this offense at full strength go out there. And uh, I don't know about you, but the Giants rolled their starters out there for the first like three series and they scored what, three points? Yeah. And had a turnover. Yeah. So I'm not, I'm, I'm, and we rolled our second string guys out there and there was some flying around, you know, so I'm, I'm optimistic. I think that, you know, the speed, like you said, Rob, and those kinds of things. And, and I'm okay with being doubted. As a Patriots fan, you know, that's best poster board material. I'm, I've been a Patriots fan since 1996. I remember when we deserved to be doubted, and then we were doubted and going to Super Bowls and stuff like that. So I'm 100% on board with all this hate. Bring it. Send it my way. Send it their way. Because when we're at the end of the year, if we're number two in, like, uh, the sixth wild card, or we somehow pull this division out, which goes against my bold prediction, I admit. <laughs> But I don't want I don't want anyone coming back saying, "Oh, I knew it all the whole time." I want you to like keep your receipts. That's what I'm talking about. Most definitely. But, uh, but uh, what's also fun? What's all, I'll, I'll let you finish, Ellie, in a second. But what's also yeah. funny? Going into four games left in the season, the Patriots were nine and four. The Bills were seven and five. We literally, if we do not shoot ourselves in the foot, our JV offense probably wins the division. Probably wins the conference. But go ahead, Elliot. Yeah. So. My suspicion is that um, our defense is underrated right now and our receiving core is a little bit overrated. I think Mac Jones is going to come in and he's going to have a really great second season. Um, I think Devontae Parker and Kendrick Bourne are going to be solid receivers, but not really as good as they're seeming right now just off the reports we're seeing from training camp because I do think that it being training camp and it being the Panthers, it, it just tends to give them a little bit more uh, – a little bit more credit than they probably deserve so i think our offense probably will be better than last year but not as good as it's seeming right now uh once we hit the season um i think there's there's a lot of games that we should win and there's a lot of games that we should lose so like the the floor and ceiling is really really pretty specific like i don't think there's any way we get below nine and eight 
and I really don't see a lot of situations where we go above 12 and five. Um, I think like there's, we easily will get swept by Buffalo this year. I mean, that shouldn't even, Oh, Unless this man's getting fired. Happens. This man's getting fired. That is the, that, oh, hell no. Oh, I just dig it in. Oh, damn it, man. Bad take. Bad take of the episode. Wow. Oh, you guys, man, you guys not are, one hey, win. Listen, we, go ahead, Tim. You, you guys are, you guys are, mar- I'm from Foxborough, Mass, and I was born in 68, so I've seen them since, like, the, the inception until now, and, and you guys are, like, more hardcore than I am. It's hilarious. It's awesome. <laughs> I love it. Oh. We need it. I mean, you know, you know. I'm looking right. for a new podcast uh, podcast member. Uh, Elliot's probably going to be looking for a job after this. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he could be right. I mean, listen, you know, like if you watch if you watch all the networks and stuff, they're all saying that. I mean, you know, it's hard yeah. not to believe. But, you know, to me, just watching some guys with the eye test the other night, you know, like against the Giants, I, I th- Tyquan Thornton, like I love to bash Bill Belichick's wide receiver picks, but that kid is legit. And, and he doesn't drop anything. Like, it's it's going to be great. That kid's going to be great. I can see it already. Most so, what's the term? Uh, a blind dog finds water every now and then. <laughs> oh my God. Right. Like, did you see if, if Poyer doesn't underthrow him? Like, he's burning. Even in training camp, it's just like he's the guy was touching ground during uh, training camp. He, you burned the hell out of the Panthers, the cornerback, and he had. Hands the floor. It's like, oh my God! It, I've never seen anything like that since Randy Moss, and, and that's yeah. just something to be happy about. But what do you think, Brandon? Honestly, I'm gonna be the optimist here. I'm gonna see the glass half full. I think we're gonna do better than a lot of people expected. You know, looking at what this team has, we've improved defensively in an area we struggled with: our speed. We've gotten a lot faster on the other side of the ball. Yes, there's still some struggles offensively. But I think we're going to be able to move forward. With that being said, I want to jump into our next question here. We've had a lot of viable, depending on how you look at it, reasons to say it's time to panic. You know, Matt, Patricia, Joe Judge, there's no true OC, if you will, amongst a multitude of other reasons. So, guys, with that being said, is it time for you, us, to hit the panic button as Patriots fans? Rob, I'll let you start. Do you remember when Charlie Weiss left? It was like a whole all hell broke loose. Then Josh McDaniels being a budding coach came in. Nobody knew about him, whatever. He wasn't designated a offensive coordinator title. He leaves in 09. Bill O'Brien comes in, not given the offensive coordinator title. It look, Matt Patricia, people he's not good as a head coach. Joe Judge, not good as a head coach. These guys as coordinators were phenomenal. Look, I guess people will go back to Matt Patricia in the Super Bowl, but Bill Belichick benched Malcolm Butler. That wasn't Matt Patricia. Um, (laughs) At the end of the day, 18 out of 22 seasons, we've had the top 10 defense. And I think that last year, having the sixth-ranked offense with what we had as a caliber of cast, look, I'm just going to call it out I see it. And Max Lemon down, we're going to be a lot better. Well, what do you think, Joe? Uh, I think it's I've, they're reading too much into it. All right, we're talking about to think that Bill Belichick doesn't have anything involved in that, and there have been stories coming out that he's been involved in the offense every year since he's been there. All right, so I don't know if it's so much I'm concerned about how the offense is going to be game planned. Realistically, you're just talking about people who are talking into a microphone. We're doing it right now. You know, you know granted, in the game time situation, you got it a lot quicker. You got to be ready for it. You got to know the situation, the personnel, those types of things. But at the same time, if you send the wrong call in and Mac Jones has been involved as much involved in the offense as he's as they say he's been, 
who's to say he just goes well that's dumb let's audible <laughs> you know like i think that there's too much put on this idea that oh you, it's it's against the grain they've done unorthodox things in new england for decades it feels like right and you know I remember watching all 11 guys on defense not have a hand on the ground. You know what it's like to watch Vince Wilfork walk around the offense or walk around the <laughs> defensive line in a live game without a foot, without a hand on the ground, his hands on his hips, ready to go. It's hilarious. And people are like, what are they doing? It was amazing because the offense didn't know who to block and we got tons of sacks that year. It's, it's an aspect that is against the grain. And you know what? The, hu- the natural human, right? We don't like change. Unfamiliar things frighten us. And therefore, we want to stay away from them. We don't want people to do it. And we don't approve of it until it works. And perfect. then everyone wants to do it. Perfect. Perfect. Tim, what's your take, sir? Well, I think, you know, again, I'll go back to the eye test against the Giants. Um, uh, you know, Joe Judge called everything when Bailey Zappi was in, right? And, and yeah, it looked like crap the first quarter he was in. But then he, he lit it up the second half. I mean, you know what I mean? So, like, who's calling those plays? Joe Judge. I mean, we all go back to that play... When he was on the Giants, you know, head coach of the Giants, they called it, what did he call it, quarterback sneak? Third like nine, third and eight, yeah, third and 18 or I something mean, like that. Man, he's never going to be able to forget that. And that's part of the reason why people are, are, are kind of down on him. I mean, oh, listen, he was good at something. He was good at, as a special teams coach. Great. You know, like, like, I mean, let's see. I mean, if Belichick's losing it, we'll see, I guess. I don't know. But but uh, he seems, that they can't, it can't be as bad as what they're saying. I mean, it, it's just too good of an organization. And like, I mean, yes, they don't have Braid anymore, but. I just, I just think it's going to be a little better than what people are expecting. All right, perfect, perfect. Elliot. On offense, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I, I think the, the where people are running into an issue with this is if you told every team in the NFL you have to run a system like this, for about like a quarter of them it would go terribly, right? Because in order for the system to work, where you have two guys who are kind of co-offense coordinators but don't have the title, you really need everyone to be bought in and everyone to understand their role. Um, and if you have any disruptions in that, it's really easy to get really disorganized and, have, and see a lot of problems on the field really quickly. Um, so I was not the happiest. I mean, before the preseason, I was like, whatever. Like, it's, this is Belichick just toying with the media. I don't, I don't really care. Like, it's who cares? We don't <laughs> name a guy. But I wasn't a, a huge fan of them both calling uh, stuff in the preseason game because. Um, if they're doing it in the preseason, it's probably pretty similar to what they're going to run during the regular season, in my mind. Um, but I don't know. I, I think as long as there's organization and everyone knows the role, it, it's not necessarily a bad system. Are you talking about going on a tour? You know, you guys mentioned some bands. I've listened to some of them bands. I want to hear this. <laughs> oh, if cool. you're in my area, I want to know. You know, well, I've got to buy some your, tickets. The other thing is, anybody, are my takes all shitty? <laughs> no, your, your takes are good. Oh, man. Because you know what? You, you've lived in that time. People can't say, oh, well, they don't know what they're talking. They're young, blah, 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 bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. It's like, okay, but he's someone that's lived during the struggle times as well, so he can actually show a point of view. Believe me, you're you You saw the 85 good. Super Bowl, man. You have all right. my oh, respect. God. All right? like my oh, mom man. still talks about how bad that 85 Super Bowl was. She's like, at least every time we have a bad season, she's like, at least it's not as heartbreaking as the 85 Super Bowl loss to the Bears. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> oh, yeah, but it, it, it started off great. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. See, growing up in that area, I get the inverse. I get like, oh, look what we did to the Patriots. You're a Patriot. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but all right. Let's go ahead and let's talk about, uh, let's re- close this thing off here. So, Tim, I got a couple questions, if you don't mind. For all sure. the young, aspiring musicians out there, what's the best advice you'd be willing to give out? Well, let's see. I mean, 
I think part of one of the three things have to you have to live in L.A., Nashville, or New York. I mean, those are those are the the, the meccas. That's where if you want to be become like a working musician, those are the places to be. Um, so there's that, and then and then there's a lot of it's just hanging in there and, and having some luck. Um, you know, like like I, I feel like my first big break. I mean, I played with some cool like the guy I'm going on tour with. I sent you guys I sent you guys that flyer. Like he kind of kind of started putting me on the map in uh, the late 90s in New York. And then uh, then all of a sudden I was like subbing on Saturday Night Live and like all this kind of cool stuff started happening. So it's it's perseverance and like having a decent amount of luck and actually and being good and not being a dick. That's really <laughs> a huge part of it. Most definitely. Yeah, don't be a dick to my followers. Got it. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing how often that, that, that don't be a dick will get you so I'm far I'm just going to put it on my wall. <laughs> don't be a dick. Can we every like, day. put that on some merch <laughs> going forward? Here? Rob, every don't, day. Jesus, yeah. don't go, right. don't go so, changing, Rob. No, uh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we need you. <laughs> on that wall. Right. We need you on that wall, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. With yes. that being said, I want to thank you for your time. We all want to thank you for your time, Tim. It's thank been you, Tim. We appreciate yeah. it. But we'll let you say, with, do you have anything special going on? You've touched on a tour. Tell the fans a little bit more about it, if you don't mind. Uh, yeah, I, I'm going, I have a bunch of stuff coming up. I'm playing Detroit Jazz Festival with somebody, with Donnie McCaslin. He, he was part of the David Bowie band, so that's December, uh, September 3rd. Uh, playing in New York with, with my band, um, uh, September 4th. And then September 6th through the 17th, I go on tour with the Wayne Krantz Trio. It's me and... Wayne and Wayne Wayne's kind of like has been an iconic guitar player for years, and Keith Garlick's the drummer for Steely Dan. They're kind of one of the best in the world, so it's kind of a cool band and like it's pretty iconic. We used to play at the Fifty Five Bar every week in New York for years. So yeah, I mean, so people come out. People usually come out, but I appreciate you guys plugging it. It's cool. It's experimental and fun, and everybody's really good. So it'll be most fun. Most definitely, most definitely. Yeah. We know you all currently have a tour going on from one side of the U.S. to the other, starting at the August 19th at the Saxon Pub in Austin, Texas. Is that correct? That is right, actually. Yes, I'm flying tomorrow. Awesome, Sorry. awesome. Well, <laughs> all right. It's been a pleasure to have you on the show. All of us are thank you. Thankful for having you on. This is I appreciate you, Tim. Hey, thanks. You guys, thanks for having me. And, and thanks so much for all you do, because it's it's really awesome. It makes my week every week. We'll see you damn, guys. Damn, that, that's Doing really things. humbling. That's awesome. Right here, man. Right here. Right. Right God damn. I, that's a highlight. I'm going to put that on my wall, too. <laughs> <laughs> not not well-known bass player. Compliments. And, <laughs> and don't be a dick. Not well-known. We appreciate you, Tim. Yes, Thanks, thank you for your time. Okay. All the best. <laughs> With that being said... This has been the House Call Podcast. Special thanks to our guest, Mr. Tim LaFreb. Remember, you can't watch the videos. You don't want to see these pretty faces. We're on Spotify. Not me, man. I'm fucking beat up. <laughs> <laughs> We're on all your social media. Snapchat filters. TikTok, yeah, Jesus Instagram, Christ. Twitter. Will you name it? We're there. We're doing giveaways. 500 subs. Old school Matt Ryan jersey giveaways coming. We've got more than just that coming. This has been the House Call Podcast, and we are signing off. This might be a move for Bill Belichick pulling a sneaky one. I assume Malcolm Butler's probably hurt. They're probably looking to try to keep some fringe guys around a little longer, get a longer look at them, see if they can make the team. And